Hi, and welcome to the Varsity Dads podcast, your home for weekly youth sports talk. I'm Tobin Walsh, and I'm joined by Connecticut's finest, super average athlete, but amazing All-American dad, Ryan Darcy. What's up, Ryan? What's up, Tob? What's happening? Third try. This is the third try of this, guys. We're, uh, <laughs> we're struggling right off the bat here, but whatever. We're going to power through. <laughs> hey, if there's, nothing that, if there's something that being a dad can teach you, it's to try to have patience through chaos, right? Oh, resiliency, man. It's a, it's yeah. a battle. <laughs> it's a battle. Yeah. And with us, as it's just normal. technologically, but that's okay. Yeah, we knew this might be an issue. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like doing a test run. <laughs> exactly right. So today, so we, we'd be remiss to have a youth sports podcast without first having our first episode zero talk about sideline behavior of parents, right? So whether it be the hockey rink, whether it be a soccer pitch, I'm sure you've seen some doozies uh, of people cheering for their kids at various uh, arenas, right? Yeah, I mean, cheering would be a loosely coined term. Um, sometimes it's, co- you know, it, it's, there's all different kinds of parents. I mean, if you go on the internet, there's a million different articles about, written about who is what kind of parent and cheering and there's so quiet sidelines and there's non-quiet sidelines and it's, it's confusing. Um, yeah. But, uh, you run the gamut, man. You be, you're at enough sporting events and you see, you know, the crazy start to come out. But uh, yeah, it's so fun. But. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one. You're right. I mean, there's a bunch of conversation about this. And there's, from my perspective, I feel like the most publicized pieces of this conversation are, are on, the both, on, on the most extremes, right? So you see, like, the, the throwdown brawl. I think that was in Colorado somewhere on a Little League field. You know, you see... You know, see that kind of garbage, and you start to go, "Whoa, something's really screwed up." Now, you know, no matter that, that's like point zero zero one percent of the fans out there, right? Right. I mean, it's 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 a mentality. It starts from the coaches, and it could start at home. You know, it probably does start at home, but the coaches can kind of, yeah. you know, build up or break down that mentality of win at all costs. You know, and there's definitely those coaches that are all about that. I've experienced, and I'm sure you have. Um, and you know, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. You know, bottom line. Well, let's it's, before we. So let's do this. You alluded to all the different kind of types of parents. So right in my mind, let's let's go with our starting five. This is our our list of five what we would call hot takes. And this week, since we're talking about parent parental sideline behavior, and and just know that Ryan hasn't heard my list of starting five today. So this is true gut reaction from. Uh, some of this creativity I put on uh, trying to label the parents we don't want to be on the sidelines. You ready, bud? I'm ready. I am. I, I am ready. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, let's, okay. Number one, Bill Dadichek. So Bill Dadichek can be best described as the guy who's the coach from the sidelines. He is Bill Belichick reincarnated hoodie and all cut sleeves quarter, three quarters length on the sidelines of the kitty game, telling everybody the X's and O's. Oh, you experienced co- that, bud? Yeah, coaching other parents. Yeah, that's the, he's the pro, man. He's the pro's pro. It's uh, I actually had an experience like that in Little League this year with one of the other coaches who was a volunteer. I think he was a volunteer. Uh, this kid was on the team. but And I called him a pro's pro, and he did not take kindly to that. And he was trying to teach blocking to catchers eight years old, and the kids couldn't even catch. And I said, you're missing steps here, you know? But he... I, I hate I'm okay with Bill Dadichek 
if he's coaching. Like, let's get right. that clear. Like, coaches coach, man. And, like, you sometimes – in volunteers, it's like whoever comes, come on by, man, because there's not enough volunteers in kids' sports. But I get what you're saying. Like, the guy on the sideline doing it drives me crazy. It's yeah, like, go coach, I mean, dude. It's like an ego thing. He's He's got to know, you know, whether or not he's explaining it to the other parents like we're idiots, you know. It's it's just like tone it down, you know. We get it. We're all here for the same reasons because our kid is. But hopefully, everybody's got a kid there. If not, that'd be a little weird. But um, yeah, I mean, we get it, man. You played or you know about it, and that's cool. But just watch the game, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, number two on the starting five, Nostradamus. Nostradamus. So Nostradamus is the predictor of earthquakes, right? So what I'm saying is the dad who sits on the side and the parent that sits on the side and says, I told you he's going left. He goes left every time. I don't know how many times I can tell you, kid, that he goes left. Guard is right. You know? Also, also pro sports dad or scout dad, rather, scout dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got the calling. full scout. He missed his calling. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 the dad that's that's behind the rover in center field with the the little card that all the pros pull out now, and it's like, oh man, this number eleven, he's a yeah. bunter. Analytics dad, <laughs> <laughs> saber dad. He's got he's got all the right. wristband and he's looking at that. Yeah, saber dad. <laughs> exactly. All right, so man, we're only at number three, and I'm I'm going already here. All right, so number three, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And you know who that is? That's the guy who's on your sidelines. He's the big, strong guy that lifts too much weight and tells you about it as you get to the game. And he's yelling at the other crowd, like challenging them, right? Yeah, oh, man, you guys, are, you guys are fouling. You guys are playing too rough. You know, leave us alone. He threw out his head. You know, he's going for the knees. <laughs> yeah, that guy. I haven't experienced that guy, fortunately. I have, I have yet to experience Oh, you don't have fans here in confronta- No, no. It's I mean, it's good it's I, I i think it's good that i haven't experienced that i mean i would like to experience that at one point just to see what it's all about but it's fortunately we've avoided i that. think it most that mostly happens when i think and i'm and i always sort of err on the side of giving people a break when when there's kids like they feel like safety issues like that are caused yeah. by a particular kid or something but right. I, I see it all the time like where they may it's like almost passive aggressively cheering against the other team, but sometimes it's right at the other guy. Like I've never seen two fans go at it like some of the, the famous viral uh, posts, but definitely like cheering against the other team towards their fans. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I are I, I guess we've been fortunate with the kids like right now with Nolan, he's in hockey and we didn't know anybody going in and there's 11 kids in the team um, and everybody's great. You know, all the parents that a few of them have been together for a while and they, you know, we just, you know, you cheer for your team or you cheer for your kids, you know, and you clap when the other team makes a good save, like who gives a shit, you know, that's what I, if another goalie makes a good save, you know, everybody claps. I don't know. And maybe it's, maybe it's where we are. I don't know. I have no idea, but yeah. Maybe, maybe there's regional differences, maybe down here in, in the land of the redneck. (laughs) I don't know, man. New England could be brutal though. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. You, yeah, you know, the East Coast guys are the jerks, right? Come on. Yeah, we're the jerks. I mean, well, Carolina technically is the jerks in hockey, but um, yeah, I mean, we're we're that's the for those of you that don't know, the Carolina Hurricanes dubbed themselves the jerks last year. I think somebody called them jerks or something, and they kind of bought in and they uh, self-appointed yeah. themselves the jerks. But um, yeah, New England's brutal too with co- with 
you know, just the, I think the accent feeds into it, but anyway, yeah, I digress. Right, right. <laughs> right, right. No. So, okay, number four. So we're over uh, dad yelling at other dads. Uh, number four on the list, uh, throw the flag, throw the flag. I call it the throw the flag dad, the guy who just cannot help himself. He must critique every call that the ref makes. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, right now we're in soccer. I mean, not soccer. We're in hockey. So there's no penalties. There's no offsides. There's really nothing, no tripping, anything. I mean, even the kids trip all the time just because they're kind of flailing. But, yeah, it's uh, not going to Oh, you don't have to the flag daddy either. Man, I'm just, no. uh, you know, this where? is going to end up being the podcast where I give you the preview of what's to come. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and lastly, the most famous of all, right? And I tried to creatively come up with this, but I think you know where I'll, I think you'll pick up what I'm putting down here. Uh, Lavelle Paw, Lavelle Paw, and that is my you know homage to the most famous of sports dads, Lavelle Ball, who famously has Lavar Ball, isn't it? Lavar is Lavelle one no, of his sons? No, is it Lavar? I think it's. Oh God, I don't know. I think it's Lavar. Well, Daddy anyway. Ball. We'll call Dad it Daddy Ball. Ball. Daddy Ball. And what I'm going to say there is, you know, I let me first say I applaud any dad who's as active as he is with his children, okay? So I'm not going to throw stones at the guy for just loving his kids like crazy. He, I, I'm assuming he does that. But, oh, my God, to hear any dad, whether on any sideline, talk about how great their kid is, oh, my God, make me puke. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's like almost they live vicariously through their kid. Well, and I, think, I think he is a. I think he is a past athlete. He he, he thinks he could beat Michael Jordan in a game of basketball. So I don't know if he's a basketball player or a football player. He's a big dude, so he's, he's probably a good dude. athlete. Yeah, but he's probably a narp just like me, man. He's just a non-athletic regular person now. He's not, you know, he's not beating Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan could be sixty. Vince Carter's like a hundred, and he was dunking. You know, he's still playing in the NBA. Like Levar Ball, relax, man. Did he ever play pro? I don't even know. Yeah, I, I don't know the answer to it, but I, I, he's got three sons that are going to. So I guess, you know, whatever he's doing, he's doing it, you know, right by his kids. Right. I mean, yeah, I'm sure he's made some sacrifices in his life. I mean, it doesn't make him any easier to tolerate. I'll give you that. Yeah. Like every time, every time I see him on the news or sports center, I just cringe. He's so cringeworthy. But that's, that's you know, all he wants, you get, too. He just wants the attention and they give it to him, you know? Well,. But that's not unlike a lot of athletes, man. I mean, it's all a big branding exercise. And same with politicians. I mean, there's this huge branding exercise that goes on. And either you're good at it or you don't. And the guys that are good at it, unfortunately, are the most sensational people. I mean, right. until it until it bites them, right? Antonio Brown, yeah, I would say. Right. But it, it's just – but from a sideline and dad perspective, I mean, I've been on the sidelines before where, you know – the best player, on, an obviously great player, right? And you're talking great in terms of a 10-year-old great on the soccer field or on the baseball field. They can just wall up the ball. I mean, any parent that sort of, you know, self, you know, self-appoints their kid as the greatest ever at very young ages drives me crazy. Because who a knows? lot of pressure on the kid. And, like, he might just be bigger than everybody. And they might plateau and peak at 12. And then what the, who cares, you know? It's like, just let them. That's the thing with Nolan's hockey team. It's kind of. The mantra is just, like, let them have fun. Like, learn and have fun. Because they're eight and nine, you know? Like, who cares? Win or lose. The kids all keep score anyway. So, like, not keeping score is not a big deal because no one knows the score of every game. Um, but, like, it's all about fun, you know? And 
even coaching little league this past year, it was eight, nine year olds. I think it was um, eight and nine. And uh, there was some, co- like we called balls and strikes and it was some coaches were like, win at all costs. And I was just kind of like, it was frustrating because it was player pitched. Kids have never pitched. It's like ball four, ball eight, ball 12, like uh, major league, you know, Bob Euchre there. But it's, uh, just outside. it's like, have fun, you know, like don't put pressure on the kid. Just let them, you know, have fun and just play, you know, who cares? Yeah. So I, and I think, so here's, and we'll shift gears from the starting five. Um, you know, let me actually honorable mention. I got to do some honorable mention, then I'll kind of transition into sort of that topic. Honorable mention. I think you, you had sent me a note about over exuberant grand grandma. Oh, they just don't <laughs> oh, know the rules. Good. They don't know the rules. They just they come there and they're just like, yeah, kick his ass, Johnny. And it's like, no, we don't do that. Like, just relax, Granny. You know. I had one too, like strategically placed opposing fan. So have you ever? I don't know if you've been in this, but this happens a lot where it's like all of a sudden some dude appears cheering for the other team, like in the dead center of your section. And you're like, who's this guy? He's like the infiltrator. Yeah, like it's like he's like a he's a plant, and it automatically like ratchets up every every all fandom, you know. Yeah, and I'm your like, senses perk up. You're like, what, what's this? What's this guy's deal? <laughs> so, so I immediately feel like he's been voted off their island, right? And he's now yeah. sequestered. Yeah, to he's just, and he's yeah. enough of a jerk that he actually cheers loudly in that regard by us. So yeah, you don't miss that guy. Yeah. So that was my honorable mention in top five or starting five. So appreciate it. So I think one of the biggest things that drives me crazy and, and I talk about it when I write, I talk about it with my kids and my wife a lot. I just can't crack this code. And, and, and I wanted to open this up to you because you have such a different perspective and different age kids. All parents, you know, you, you ended by saying, hey, it was great. And all the kids are encouraged just to have fun. Right. And I think all parents kind of nod their heads and say, yeah, that's the deal. That's what we want. We want our kids to be active and have fun. So why the hell does this happen? Like, why do we have these stories of people brawling? And why do we have these stories of kids dropping out of sports at 10 years old? And why do we have these stories about kids not wanting to go to practice? You know, I just, it just is confounding because conceptually everybody agrees. And then in practice, nobody takes their medicine, at least from my perspective. What do you think? Right. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, um, and it starts with the, the win at all costs, you know, win, 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 my kid's the best. And the kid hears that, you know, and I've read a, a bunch of books about it, you know, before I, we decided to do this pod here. But um, I remember bits and pieces, but it's, you know, it's a lot of pressure on kids, specialization, kids get burnt out. They just don't want to do it. Their parents are making them do it. You know, it's, there's so much that goes into it. It's, it's a different story for every kid, but it's, you know, and I'm not a professional, like by any means. I don't, neither yeah. one of us a professional psychologist. I'm not anyway. I don't know if you are, but I no. am not. Um, no. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, and this could kind of lead to topics down the road in other episodes. But, you know, there's kids that we that I've seen where the parents want them to do a sport. And you ask the kid, like the parents not coaching and I am or whatever I'm assisting, I'm helping. And the kid's like, I don't want to do this. And it's like, well, what the hell? You know, why then? Why are you doing this? Like, you're wasting time. You're wasting money. It's, yeah. you know, I mean, you're... Here's what I say, though. And I'm sorry to interrupt. But there's, and I, and I wonder if parents are also who listen to this are saying, well, time out, though. I mean, if, if I gave my kid free reign to tell me what they did, they wanted to do, 
they'd want to sit in front of Fortnite all day and that's not going to happen. So there are some times where it's like, dude, you're going to get active. Let's go. Uh, so yeah, while at younger ages, it's kind of like, Hey, if they don't like it, find an alternative activity at older ages, unfortunately, like my kids, my oldest are 13 and 11. I mean, the alternative is what my 13 year old's doing is not a damn thing. It's driving me crazy. Right. So, I mean, maybe yeah. there's a little bit of an age gap. So, and that's a good segue into, so I tried to jot down, okay, like why, why do we see this kind of like pressure and why, why is the pressure valve so tight now? You know, at the base of this problem may be how young we're starting kids in, in organized sports. I mean, I don't know about you. I don't know what your upbringing was like. I grew up in, uh, in rural Iowa in the Midwest and we were avid sports fans, right? Like we grew up loving sports. I, to this day, could watch sports every day of the week, but we didn't really play anything other than sort of a YMCA level of uh, non-competitive sport until I want to say like we were double digits. Yeah, and I think we, so uh, what happens is by the time you get to be 12 or if you're starting a serious sport and you're six, cause you're really good or you showed a propensity to love soccer or whatever, maybe by 11, you're just like, not only are it's not burnt out, you're just exhausted from it and you just don't want the pressure. So I right. think it's how the younger starting people is definitely a contributing factor. There is. And they actually reclassified our little league. Um, and I guess they were complaining that the kids in our town, our town was lacking or lagging behind other towns that are in the area. And it's like, I don't think that has anything more, <laughs> anything to do with anything, but maybe that just kids are not as talented. Like it could be that. And they're young, you know, like kids take different times. There's, I think the goalie for the Devils, Mackenzie Blackwood, I could have sworn I heard somewhere like he's 22, but I don't think he started playing hockey till he was like 10 or 11, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's a goalie what in the I- NHL. So, like, you know, you hear kids like three months old skating, you know, up in Canada and stuff. So it's, you know, to, to say there's I don't think there's a correlation where if a kid, you're right, go, starts earlier, they're going to, you know, be a professional athlete. I, I would say it's probably contradictory to that. You know, the earlier you start a kid, it might not be that way. You know, it probably won't be that well, way. I mean, you do have your Ronaldos and stuff that, yeah. that kick a ball and know what they want to do at three. And, oh, my God, he's a savant. You know, you do have that. It, but, oh, my God, that's such a minuscule percentage that I feel like – and you said it. Your your town comes together and says, oh, my God, we're losing ground in this sport to this. So that's where this there's an under there's an undercurrent that nobody wants to talk about of competitive drive from parents to keep up with other people that drives this pressure valve even higher. So what do we do? Oh, we need better facilities. We need to dump money into this. We need professional coaches, you know, blah, 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 blah. And we're not only, parents aren't only footing the bill in terms of, you know, writing checks, but we're also, you know, paying for it in terms of family dinners together and X, Y, and Z. And before you know it, your kids are eight years old and you haven't had a family dinner together in two weeks because you've been hauling them to the hockey rink every night. It's just, uh, I, I, I really worry about that, and I can almost feel my wife's I my wife listening to this with her eyes rolling because if talk about a frequency of discussion amongst our household, this the seriousness and the the uh, how early it gets serious for kids to me is a very big concern. No, it's huge, and that's why I'm glad. Like I ask Nolan every week, I'm like, you still having the first thing we ask him when he comes off the ice is, "Do you have fun?" Like that's it. I don't want to put pressure on a kid. He's eight years old. You know, he, he puts enough yeah. pressure on himself you know, unwarranted. Like, I don't, we don't put pressure on them to, you know, and, and but going back to your other point about, um, and what I touched on about, like, parents making their kids do sports and stuff, 
like we like you said, if if we gave them the choice, they would sit and play Fortnite. Like your kids are older. My kids are eight, five, and three. So they, you know, my my five year old, he's kind of he likes things from afar. They wouldn't watch then, Baby Shark. They no, they wouldn't. Um, like we told him, he did he did hip hop dance class for a year. He thought that was gonna be cool. So we we're like, all right, cool, do it. He did gymnastics for a year. He thought that was cool, and then he was like, I'm done with it. Like I'm good, and then. He did soccer for like every other year from when he was three. So he did like three, five, seven. And I think he wants to do it again next year in the spring. Um, you know, he never played hockey. And then two years ago when the Caps were making their run to the Stanley Cup, he started watching it. They kept winning. Naturally, a seven-year-old is going to, you know, attach themselves to a winner and not some loser franchise like uh, I guess the Islanders used to be when I was growing up. But um, I was born the year like right in the middle of the four in a row. So... I, and then after that, it just fell off a cliff. But, um, you know, so he, he's been a huge Capitals fan since they won the Cup, and he just wanted to try hockey. So he tried hockey, and he loves it, you know? And that's the yeah. thing. We ask him every time, did you have fun? And that, that's where the, we let that lead the conversation. And then, you know, the day he says it's not fun, well, you know. And then when he complains that, he's got to get his hockey stuff ready. Like, listen, we're paying a lot yeah. of money. It's a lot of time, a lot of travel. You're dragging your brothers to the rink, yeah. you know? If you don't want to do it, we don't have to do it. You don't need to complain to go to hockey. You know, it's something you like but, to I do. Mean, yeah, and I mean, let me let me ask you a, a question in re- reaction to that because I think you know I'm in the same boat with soccer or baseball or whatever my kids do, and they're a little bit older, like you said. And and honestly, like I do play it out in my head, like the amount of money and time and effort we put into my my son's soccer. If he came to me tomorrow and said, "Dad, I'm done," I do. I don't think it would be as easy for me to be like, okay, cool, dude. Like, I would be probably a little bit like, you really need to think about this type of guy. Like, I don't right. think I'd just pull over. I mean, and that's that's one of the other things I thought of, too. And the reason that the parent behavior on the sideline has ratcheted up a notch, or at least perceptively has, is that the endeavor of getting just getting to that game is so much greater, I think, than it used to be. The demands of practice, the financial demands on families that often are, you know, charging up the card so their kid can play these big sports. They're driving two hours. By the time you get to the damn game, like your your nerves are fried, and you're you're stuffing two other kids. I'm stuffing four other kids often into the car to go to the game, and you know it's on the sidelines. Just, I mean, that pressure alone, right? You can't just totally unwind. So yeah, I think that's. No, it's... You're absolutely right. Like when I was younger, we, I mean, it was travel teams as we got older, but like growing up, I played baseball. I played basketball in middle school and then I broke my wrist and I said, I'm eh, probably never going to play basketball. So I'm going to go stick with baseball. And we played as a unit, like the school had a team and it was just like the, I think it was the um, PAL league, police athletic league. And, you know, we played together all you, growing you, up. You, What's that? In juvie? It was juvie. It was the uh, California Penal, actually. Um, <laughs> now, I grew up in Long Island, and we were a baseball town. Um, and we all played together growing up. And I think that's why the program in the town was a successful baseball town. Um, and now you got kids going. And like you said, it, it's financially, it's like the amount we're forking out, it's crazy. You know, travel teams and traveling and, you know, Fortunately, with hockey, with our age now, it's it's all within the state of Connecticut. So, like, it might be a 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock game an hour away, but, you know, we don't have to stay over for four nights in Atlanta, Georgia for a tournament in East Cobb or yeah. something like that, you know? So, well, it's, the good news is 
Isn't Connecticut about 20 miles in, <laughs> in diameter? It's, it's, yeah, it's about 40, mi- 40 square miles. Um, no, no, it's actually, it's, there's only two high, well, three highways, 95, 84, and 91. And 84 runs through the whole thing. 95 runs through the whole thing on the southern, southern border. But, um, I mean, if we, we got a game coming up, I think, in Kent. And it's like an hour 40 from us. You know, oh. it's, it's a haul. But, I mean, it's a 1 o'clock That's game, it. so it's not, it's not awful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's so, good. Would so all this, all these contributing factors, right? The money, the time, the effort, the intensity, the young nature of these kids. You know, we do want them to have fun, but there is a certain amount of parental interference that goes on to kind of ratchet it up. So, I guess at the end of this thing, Ryan, I guess what I'm interested in is hearing like a solution, right? So I don't listen to podcasts so that they can just get, you know voice their concerns about problems and then they go away to their little happy happy existence of doing the same things of stat- perpetuating the status quo. I was trying to think of solutions to this issue. Right. And so uh, do you have any suggest? like, how do we, how do we get, so if the, so if the problem is inappropriate behavior by parents on the sidelines, what's the solution? I mean, you see it all over. It's the silent sidelines help. Um, but if the coach is a maniac and you know, when it all costs kind of guy or, or a woman, doesn't silent sidelines don't matter, you know? I mean, you see dads in the stands coaching their kid and their kids looking at them and not looking at the coach. So it's, you know, it's, it's a tricky one, man. It's a slippery slope because, you know, you want, we, I've only ever, and my wife has only ever cheered for our kids. Like we're not wishing ill upon any opponent, like win or lose, whatever. But it's, you know, just let them be kids up to a certain point, you know, and I haven't gotten to that point yet. We haven't gotten to that point, but like every time no one falls or slams into the boards, he gets up and he smiles. And I'm like, all right, you know, I'm surprised he didn't kill himself, but he's smiling. So we're good. You know, we're good. But as far as a solution, I don't know. Well, I think, so I've seen the gamut of, at least on the stuff I I'm involved in, you know, there's, one solution says a league, and I'm sure you've seen it on Facebook or a meme on Twitter or whatever. There's, there's what you know, the token, you know, hang the sign up that says, "Hey, it's not about you; it's about the kids." You know, right. blah blah blah. And you see, oh yeah, everybody needs to do that. You know, you see the parent, and then two seconds later, they're screaming that the guy was safe at first base. You know, right. So let's be clear: like my solution involves no signage at all. Um, and and I think the only problem with silent sidelines or trying to demand that is it just forces accountability to other parents that is pretty uncomfortable. Like I just don't feel comfortable enough, honestly, to confront like a, like somebody on my team is giving the ref a bad time. In fact, we had the situation happen on Sunday. I felt like I should go kind of calm them down, but I just didn't man. Cause I just didn't want that accountability. So right. I think where I fall on this, is, I think the only way and it's, and it's, I think this is the way to do it is, is like you come to our home soccer facility and you and basically I'm saying you just guard your home court, right? So wherever your home hockey rink is and you just absolutely explicitly make it clear that a certain level of behavior is the only way to be here, right? So you can do that garbage at your home ice. You can do that garbage on your home pitch. But at this place, at my place, where our kids play their home games, this will not happen. And I think the only way to do that is you almost – employ like a representative of the team whether it's the coach or the ref or whomever that says hey this is putnam park and at putnam park 
the officials have complete discretion to throw you out of the game if anything you say is inappropriate or mischaracterized or could be deemed, uh, you know, under my discretion. You basically have to give one representative universal authority to basically enact whatever rules they subjectively say. Now, I, I realize that that sort of gives them dictatorial power, but I don't know how else you do it. I yeah, mean, it's, it's like, like hey, there's signage and stuff, but, no, you know, who pays attention to signs, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like anything, right? You just get in the heat of the game and then stuff comes out. Now, if you had right. one dude, and I'm not saying like you have a sideline police guy, it's, it's way less crazy than what I'm probably portraying this as. But you basically say every official that, you know, every official or coach that coaches there, whatever this park is, this is how we behave. And I'm going to assess whether you're adhering to those rules or not. And you may not agree with my assessment, but it doesn't matter. You're out if you do certain things. And that's just right. how it is. And I think gradually that picks these this low-hanging fruit off. And the guys right. that are in the margins, the guys like me that get into the game and could yell but don't mean to be abusive, um, it would drive all that out. Because that, the margin, the guys, the low-hanging fruit idiots, like the our starting five list, they'll just percolate up no matter what venue they're right. at. We'll pick those guys off. It's the next underbelly of like the next quarter of parents that – when they get too involved, get emotional. So take those guys out one by one. And I think you'll see a little bit of a, a swell. But again, it requires like ultimate accountability by one person. You got to make sure you have that person in place. That's the only solution right. I see. Right. You think and that we've ex- we, that's the accountability. Our, in Little League, they told the coaches, like, you're in charge of policing your sidelines. And we actually had, when I texted you about that uh, over-enthusiastic grandmother, it's, you know, that was real. That was, that actually happened. Like, she came, and they were a little rambunctious. And it was like, all right, lady, just chill out. Like, first game, I get it. You know, I remember my first game. and But we had to go over, and, like, after the game, we did it after the game because she kind of, I think she just lost her steam, you know. She was old, and she just kind of ran out of steam. She couldn't <laughs> keep it up. She couldn't keep it up for an hour. So you brought her, you brought her a bottle of water as a peaceful. Uh, yeah, we gave her like, a wet towel, and, and we were like, "Hey, yeah, we were like, hey, listen, you know, we appreciate the enthusiasm, but you can't, like, you can't, you know, she's like, I'm umpiring, and she's like, oh, that was a ball. I'm like, uh, you know, I don't got time for this, you know. Yeah, because we it I was mean, a coach's umpire, but it was you know, and I, you get it from kids too. Like first game of the year this year, it was I called a pitch a strike. Like, you know, these kids are pitching from what. 50 feet, 45 feet. It's basically, you know, neck to shins is a strike zone, like if it's close swing. And this kid throws his arms up. That wasn't a strike. I'm like, hey, you're eight. I'm 38. I know the strike zone. Swing the bat. That's what I said to the kid. Yeah. You know, and the parent came up to me after the game and was like, thank you. Like, there's only so much the, as a parent we can do, you know. And like the coach was telling him, like, be, you know, have a good eye. Like, don't swing at balls. It's like, listen, man, the kids are eight. The 90% of the pitches are going to be balls. Like, if it's close and you think you'd hit it, hit it. Exactly. Well, and I think the other thing it shows is that I think sometimes parents just want to be told, hey, I think it's that you get to these games, you get emotional, and sometimes you just need to be kind of called, you know, reeled back in. And, it, right. and if we did that, like, if we had this point of contact or as a coach or the ref or whatever that had this universal rule, Certain, sooner or later, you wouldn't even explain the rule because everybody that showed up to the park would be like, oh, yeah, this is that place where if you get on the refs, you're gone, man. And right, like, right. don't do it. And I think that one by one, if that worked, if that model worked, because to me, you know, putting up the signs, you know, every parent will head nod. You've seen this before when you bring up a controversial point. Oh, yeah, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. And then you see them do the opposite. 
yeah. it's just how it is because you get wrapped up in the, the the momentary you know emotion of what you're feeling and you want your kid to, every parent wants their kid to do so well and that comes out as really emotional cheering that could be deemed abusive so i think one by one if we start picking that stuff off site by site uh, and just a site just made no apologies for it i think stuff would change because i think parents do have the best wishes of their kids in mind at least i want to think they do and i think that kids are kids are taking their cues from us and so like i, I respect what you did because you kind of put reeled the kid back in and in, in doing so helped the parent out and who knows if, if that would have kept going on maybe his dad starts yelling at you to you know be quiet and throw the ball in their first strike you know right well the thing with us too i think we're in different boats in in that our baseball is all in town. Like there's no travel. So like we all live together and coexist in the same town. So like, you don't want to be that asshole parent that, you know, everybody's like, Oh my God, you know, taught in town. Like, look at this schmuck. He can't control himself. He's such an animal. Whereas hockey it's, we're playing other towns and, you know, like we got, and our team is, is great because the, all the parents, we kind of keep to ourselves and we just cheer for our team and cheer for the other team. If something happens and we're not, you know, there's no like, you know, penalties. So it's not, there's nothing to complain about. Like we cheer if our kid scores, we cheer if they have a good shot. If the other goalie makes a save, you cheer, you know, and we'll see them four times in our life or four times this year, you know, and it's almost like you want to believe that a lead by example thing can work. Like when we're at our rink or even when we're on our other rink, you know, our parents, they sit, you sit together and and besides the infiltrator, um, (laughs) But you sit together and like you, it's visually you see that, and nobody's like losing their heads, and it's relax, not relax, you know, relaxed atmosphere. Yeah. You know, nobody's stressing becoming you know the Incredible Hulk, Lou Ferrigno, when their <laughs> kids you know getting hacked and the referee's not calling a foul. Like relaxed, you know. Yeah. But um. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I mean, it starts. It you know, I think parents could could take you know, it it does. T- collaboration parents coaches kids blah 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 and no matter what field of play you're on i'm sure you know you can see the holes in some of our arguments but i think at 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 the heart of everything we all need to realize hey all we want is for our kids to be active safe and healthy um and have fun and so i think if we can somehow somehow drive that into parents and kids when they enter the field of play uh, and and i obviously we're not we're not prescribed anything but certainly i think that that's that's exactly what you and i are saying is that it's all about fun it's all about health it's all about activity and we shouldn't do anything that that prevents kids from getting those three things as much right. as they want right cool anything else from you bud on, on parents on the sidelines uh no that's it i mean actually one more i was doing some digging here and um lonzo ball apparently had his tattoo of the big baller brand covered up this summer um so there might be some drama in the Ball family. Well, I saw that. I, I didn't even it was know like that. Like a embezzlement yeah. case or something like that. Yeah, with that, one of I the co-founders. And... Yeah, there's a, there's a there's a TV show that I didn't know about that exists. And then secondarily, I saw this morning actually an article that said Ball, his father Ball, whatever his name is. <laughs> I say the value, say Lavar, La something. That's for sure. Yeah, um, is restruct is quote unquote restructuring big baller brand. So it's not defunct or bankrupt or in litigation. It's being restructured. So the undertone of that means it wasn't successful. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. So, well, especially when uh, who was Alonzo? I think he's on the Pelicans now, but he was on the Lakers last year, and he was saying he would blow through a pair a quarter. You know, like they wouldn't last. 
And they, they were charging $500 for a pair of sneakers. It's insane. I listen to Levitard all the time. And they, it took them like seven months to get their sneakers. And they were like the wrong brand or they were the wrong model of shoe. But like $500. And, and you know, I don't know, man. I think they pulled the wool over people's eyes with that one. But who knows? Yeah, it's well, I mean, it's a good exercise. And, you know, you may have gotten what you wanted, a big brand that's recognizable that that's a but obnoxiousness only goes so far. I guess that's, oh, that get, that should be a good lesson in sideline behavior, parenting, and about every what, other aspect of life. One other dad that gets honorable mention, or parent, or mom, whoever, is the swag parent who buys their kids everything. Oh, good Everything. One. Like, they're, like their kids looking like Ricky Henderson, you know, with the <laughs> brand new with two batting gloves in their back pocket while they got two batting gloves on their hand hitting. You know, that's, oh my God, that, that's like, I, I get you look good, play good, whatever. I think that's a load of shit, but whatever, um, you know, I, but I th- like, that... <laughs> listen to this. I mean, you pay me whatever brush you want, man. But my, my little guy wanted to play baseball. He's, he's, so he's six. My smallest boy plays baseball this, this season. And because I knew he's in and out of stuff constantly. I was I was scrounging for other parents that played previous seasons to get some pants. <laughs> and the night before that. the game, this parent parent texted me and said, "Hey, I got some size smalls out front. You just go grab them." Like perfect. Otherwise, I think yeah. he would have gone in jeans. <laughs> yeah, dude, kids don't care. You know, like Nolan, oh, he needed skates, and I one of the kids that he played with, he grew out of his skates. So I texted the dad. I'm like, "Hey, did he?" Do you have any skates? Because I remember he said he had a few pairs of skates. He goes, yeah. So I bought him, like, I got him, like, a $30 Dunkin' Donuts gift card. He got him on, like, eBay for cheap. So I was like, whatever. I dropped the skate. I dropped the gift card off one day, and he gave me the skates, and that was it, you know? But trying to keep up with the Joneses is not feasible, man. I mean, you pay enough for, for some sports. You know, trying to keep up with the gear and with kids growing nonstop, you know, it, it's it's hard. But. Yeah, that swag yeah, swag you. parent is uh, brutal. Swag daddy, they call it swag, swag daddy. daddy. Swag yeah, daddy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, on that right. note, let's wrap up. Let's wrap up. Let's, um, this is var- the Varsity Dads podcast. We're going to be on weekly talking about kids' sports topics. We'd love to hear from anybody that has topics they'd like to hear about or situations that they want to talk about on air with Ryan and I live. Right, bud? That's right, man. All right. Well, All right. Uh, hey, it was a good first episode. The third take was uh, successful, I'd like to think. But um, overall, <laughs> Once we got overall the technology good. out of the way, the talking, I think, was all right. So, no, yeah, let's do it again I mean, next week. I hope everybody joins us again. All right. Have a good week. Take care. Bye.